uh, the field of crypto assets and criminal prosecutions surrounding FTX, which I think has been the most prolific um, thing to happen in the past, maybe six weeks or so, um, to crypto, um, reinforces the need for um, active regulation. Now, FTX is an Antiguan company that is regulated in the Bahamas, but its um, its liquidation is being administered in the US. So immediately you see at least three jurisdictions. And when you look at the court filings, there are well over a hundred different companies associated with FTX spread across um, the world. Um, so FTX, oh, Mount Gox. Sorry, just yeah, that, that's an important, obviously that, that is a really high profile uh, scenario. I mean, it's not the first one, but perhaps it's, perhaps they, the company that in, in the crypto space that has had the most far-reaching impact in terms of the number of people that have been uh, inconvenienced right. in some way, shape, or form or impacted, right? But the, the thing is that the Caribbean, as you pointed out, started down the road towards regulation even before that. So yes. my, my question is, so was there uh, a particular incident that triggered uh, this desire to regulate? Why not just leave it as is? Um, I think looking back to, to the context of AML, CFT, so anti-money laundering, countering the financing of terrorism, um, regulatory issues surrounding the offshore space, um, stretching back into the late 1990s and that round of blacklisting from the OECD. Um, OECD spilling over to FATF, spilling over to the EU, but coming back to the FATF in particular. Now, the FATF um, started recognizing um, the potential for the misuse of crypto assets you, with the use of offshore structures. And I think they, they sort of use the tax transparency initiatives um, to sort of springboard um, the need for regulation um, onto Caribbean governments um, so there's an FATF recommendation 15 out of a report that they did on crypto, um, which suggests that uh, regulation or at least regulation by registration um, should be mandated in Caribbean countries that um, have that are popular offshore centers um, whose structures are used in the crypto space. Um, so I think that was the impetus, um, and it only came to the fore maybe about 2018 or so, and then we start seeing legislative responses um, in the Cayman Islands in 2020, um, where there came on Virtual Asset Service Providers Act, um, which gives a, a framework for the registration of um, virtual asset service providers and it also makes a series of consequential amendments to the anti-money laundering and countering of the financing of terrorism um, legislation to provide a comprehensive framework for the registration of virtual asset service providers, the types of um, the types of crypto assets or virtual assets, and they use the term virtual assets very broadly because of the different types of crypto assets that can be deployed um as a result of that um so, so just just stepping back to the fatf guidance for a little bit now the name of that 
publication or the name of that set of guidance was the guidance or risk-based approach to virtual assets and virtual asset service providers. And that's recommendation 15. So under the rubric, new technologies, um, and it deals with the international standards on combating money laundering and the financing of terrorism and proliferation. So that recommendation, as well as the FATF guidance, um, was heavily, heavily, heavily pushed um, across the offshore world. And as a result of that, as we stated before, 2020, you see Cayman bringing in their law. Um, then we see the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank or the ECCB commissioning a consultant to make draft reg regulation or draft legislation called the Virtual Assets Act, which is very similar if not materially identical in most part to the Cayman Act. And that purports to be a model piece of legislation across the nine, well, no, seven member states um, of the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union. So you're talking from Anguilla in the north, even though it's an overseas territory of Britain, to Grenada in the south. Um, but what we see is the politically independent states, member states of the ECCB, passing in passing those laws and bringing those laws into effect. So we see Grenada passing it in 2021, um, Saint Vincent passing it in 2022, um, Antigua passing it in 2020, I believe. Um, St. Kitts and Nevis in 2021 and bringing it into effect more or commencing that law more or less immediately. They're now into their second amendment, I believe. Um, so, uh, so if I'm following you correctly, Cayman was the, the leader. They were the first jurisdiction in the Caribbean to, to come out with something. Of some yes. Sort of yes. And interestingly, BVI has not yet passed. Uh, mm -hmm. a primary piece of legislation. They've circulated a draft bill, which I can share on screen if if desired. Um, they've circulated a, a draft bill um, for consultation to, in, to industry. Um, but what they've done as a stopgap measure is amended their anti-money laundering law as at December of last year. So December 2022, they've amended the anti-money laundering law um, making any virtual asset service provider they will need to maintain client identification proceeding pr procedures sorry um keeping kyc suspicious transactions they need to have internal reporting procedures for suspicious transactions the usual suite of things that um a financial um entity would have to do but most interestingly um is that in the BVI, as at December of 2022, any virtual asset service provider will be required to comply with the travel rule. And the travel rule means that any transfer, so the originating and beneficiary um, virtual asset service providers, you need to obtain, verify, and maintain complete information on the on that particular transfer. And intermediaries, you also have obligations to do that to show inflow outflow okay but does, does, it, does, does it also include like audit requirements so for example the the firm needs to be audited by a recognized practitioner anything like that um not not 
explicitly, but generally. So when I say generally, uh, because you have your under an obligation to maintain accurate accounting records for a minimum of seven years or so, mm -hmm. um, your registered agent would be under duty um, to to ensure that they have either with them a complete set of records or at your registered office or at your place of business um, or even in electronic format, a complete set of um, accounts, um, which can be inspected by the, equiv the local equivalent of the financial intelligence unit or the offshore regulator. So in any event, that I think um, brings you within school to be inspected at the very least. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.